I'm loving this. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome to this edition of Morgan the Asphore Podcast, 21st of November. Happy Thanksgiving week and enjoy your time. I know most people will be listening to this sometime this week. So hopefully everybody has a great Thanksgiving and enjoying their time with family, friends. Uh, most of our uh, listeners, I would assume, will watch a lot of football this weekend, uh, both college and the NFL all weekend long. Um, enjoy that time and be thankful for the things you have in your life. So I want to welcome in Trevor from Colorado Springs. Um, we just want everybody to know that he was not at the uh, bar that uh, the terrible tragedy happened, and he is safe and sound in Colorado Springs. But just kind of heads up, he is not feeling the best, so if he has to step out and cough and sneeze and all that kind of good stuff, uh, welcome, Trev, and glad you're safe. and. Um, you know, terrible tragedy there uh, where you live. Yeah, Saturday night, uh, the shooting took place. I was actually in Grand Junction Saturday night. I think I woke up at two or three in the morning to grab a drink of water, use the bathroom, looked at my phone, saw the saw the headlines, didn't, you know, at that point, didn't have all the information. And then, of course, woke up the next day and, and saw everything that happened here. So, yeah, pretty unfortunate. Um, I know there was a lot of a lot of stuff going on today, memorials and all that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I got a little bit of a, little bit of a cold going on. So if you hear me sneeze or cough, I apologize. But other than that, I think I'm going to, all things considered, I think I'm going to be just fine. So I can't complain too much. No. All right. Let's just get right to it. We're going to start with a bad tip today. Um, Iowa state, I was at the game. It was very, very cold. Um, Tyler, my dad and I, we went dressed warm, you know, we were dressed for it and you know they let you bring blankets in and i'll tell you what the, it wasn't very many people there but the people that were there they were drunk and they were drinking right in the stands there's people in front of us i should uh, show you a picture but brought a whole bottle of jack daniels in a whole bottle of crown apple i mean brand new open her up right there and then then another group right in front of us i bet they brought in 20 beers and just we all had beers and it was awesome and uh no one cared. It was a good time. Uh, everything was great, really, except for Iowa State uh, playing on the field. Um, their offense is god-awful. Um, there needs to be changes. I'm not going to say the offensive coordinator needs to change. I think the offensive line coach needs to go. And then I think he right now, the way Iowa State does their uh, coaches, obviously they don't have a special teams coordinator, which is a big – that's another issue that probably should be dealt with. Uh, but both the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator, coordinator, neither one of them actually coach a position. So um, I think, you know, whether they bring in an offensive line coach or Tom Manning, who used to be the offensive line coach, uh, goes back into that position and, you know, co-coordinator or O-line coach, offensive coordinator, that's fine. Um but we need a new offensive line coach, in my opinion. Well, when it's cold like that and the team isn't doing as good as you'd expect, uh, you may as well just uh, turn your head if people are bringing in bottles of liquor and beer and let them go in there and have a good time. Uh, you're, you know, at that point, especially when it's cold like that, you're just happy to have fans in the stands. And that, that goes for any team in the country. That's that's oh, not yeah. even an Iowa State thing. No, so that's, that, well, that's good. I mean, go tailgate, have a good time, and I'm, I'm sure you guys had – you know, even, I, even though Iowa State didn't win, I'm sure it was still an enjoyable day for the most part. Oh, yeah. I mean, I you know, actually, you know, the nice thing is, like, <laughs> all the guys that brought in all the beer, you know, you didn't have to worry about it getting warm. They didn't even clear off. It was kind of weird. They didn't even, like, attempt to clear the stadium. I mean, not that we had a lot of snow, but, like, the inch or so is still on all the seats. It was still everywhere. So they just kind of made – they put all the beer right in the – you know, where you – 
there's lots of empty seats just sitting right there and then just put a bunch of snow on top of it. It was awesome. And just, it kept the beers cold and it was perfect. Yeah. You don't got to worry about uh, ice or a cooler or anything like that. So no, that's good. And, and as you mentioned, this, this hasn't been the year that Iowa state wanted. Uh, we, we've talked about it plenty, a lot of young players, um, you know, maybe moving on to a new offensive line coach getting fixed up there. But uh, the one thing I will say for Iowa state is, you know, they obviously have a chance now, the final game of the season, to play spoiler in the playoff. If, if they beat TCU, uh, that, that would eliminate the Big 12, I think. Yeah. I can't figure out any other scenario where the Big 12 would – I mean, not 100%, but it no, basically – it, it would rule them. them out. It wouldn't eliminate them because, obviously, um, if, you know, teams lose and stuff, I mean, it, the one loss yeah. team could, could still get in, um, but the odds are not in your favor, you know. Uh, much as the Hunger Games always say, the odds are not in your favor. Um, you know, they always say, may the odds be in your favor, but they would not be in the Big 12's favor there. So, No, and I, I thought I saw the line was about 10 points or something, the spread. Yeah, it is. I, I have no doubt in my mind. I mean, I guess, you know, we're going to see a lot what this team is made up of because really they're, I mean, the last two weeks they had a chance to get to, you know, six and six, you know, on the year. Blew them both. Now, really, you have to win this game, or you you can't go to a bowl game. I guess with their a APR or whatever you know acronym that is, um, they're number two. So the odds were they would go to a bowl game at five and seven. Uh, but obviously, they've blown that chance um, the last couple of weeks, and so they do have to win this game on Saturday to get to that, and then go to a bowl game, and then obviously it. They, they would be the talk of college football for a little bit there because it would ruin TCU. Um, you know, it was 11 years ago on the 18th, just a few days ago, where essentially Iowa State ended the BCS um, or, you know, was one of the, you know, with them beating Oklahoma State. And I think that allowed that Alabama LSU rematch um, is what is what actually happened there. And then people got tired of that. I was um, living the names when that game happened. Yeah, yeah I was, State, State I was game. there. I was sitting in the front row, and I jumped over, and that was that was a fun, fun time. And you know, the BCS was not great, but now, I mean, the bias that comes in with human picking, in in my opinion, the SEC, you know, you know, just the anti Big Twelve, whatever you want to call it. The BCS didn't care, you know. Um, I, I still think that isn't – not that you should use the computers for everything, but using them as a part of it would sure help, I think. Yeah, it probably would. And the human biases are a problem. We, we've talked about the past few weeks. Will, will they go with really the best four teams or will they go with what the public wants to see, right. quote-unquote? Um, so it's – the. Path of the playoff is starting to clear up. There's still a couple big weeks left. And, you know, but it's it's starting to become more clear now who has a chance and who really doesn't. Yeah, let's just go ahead and jump into that. We were talking about that before we started recording here. Um, obviously, LSU, you know, I'm not going to say I'm surprised they got beat. I mean, they were maybe a little bit, but they get let up. They gave up 63 points and, and lost by almost 30 points to uh, South Carolina. That, that almost is like the Ohio state Iowa game a few years ago, you know, that just, it came out of nowhere. Not South Carolina is not a horrible team. It's not like, you know, they have two wins on the year, uh, but just, you did not expect that to happen. Spencer Rattler looked like a number one pick looked like a Heisman trophy, you know, winning quarterback, which he was projected to do at Oklahoma and Tennessee's out now. So, um, what that did is, I would say you're you're as of today the favorites to go to the playoff if they win their games would be obviously Georgia, um, the winner of Ohio State Michigan, and then assuming that they win uh, the Big Ten, so you know I'm going to say Ohio State just for uh, mm -hmm. ease there, but I'm going to say so Georgia, Ohio State, TCU as long as they stay undefeated they're in. And then I think now if, if they uh, run the table, beat Notre Dame on Saturday or this weekend, I guess I shouldn't say, I don't know 
with this weekend, I don't know what games are on Saturday or on Friday or on Thursday. Um, and then when the Pac-12, I think it's USC, uh, will be number four. So that that would be my pick as of today. Now, obviously, you know, if, if other teams lose, the two teams that just got life back into them are the old familiar number one, number two, Clemson, Alabama. Their percentage points of going to the playoffs jumped a lot with uh, Tennessee losing. What do you think no, about all, the, all that, Trev? No, you're exactly right. Alabama and Clemson now come back into the mix. Tennessee is out, and unfortunately, their quarterback, torn ACL, yeah. sucks for him. That was a great story this year for Tennessee. I was hoping they'd make the playoff, just like I said, a new team. But, yeah, uh, don't yeah, don't necessarily roll out Alabama. It's going to take a lot of help, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And TCU has to lose. USC has to lose. I mean, yeah, teams have to lose. And LSU could still win out and yep. maybe still have two SEC teams get in. Obviously, them in Georgia and then the winner of Ohio State-Michigan. And that depends, does TCU win out? If they don't, does USC win out and maybe sneak in? So we, we kind of know about the six or seven teams here that really have a chance. Outside of that, uh, you know, it's going to – it probably isn't going to happen. We're down to about seven teams now or whatever it is. Yeah, really, the only – the lock is – the only way Georgia doesn't go to the playoff is they have to lose the next two games. They have to lose to Georgia Tech and lose the SEC championship game. That's really the safest bet of any team. Yeah. And then and then essentially whoever wins that Michigan Ohio State essentially is another lock. Cuz I think they could probably still lose that game to Iowa it looks like and probably still go to the playoff, I would guess. Um, but I, I don't know, but that, that's, if that would happen, um, you know, if somehow I will win that big 10, you know, if they beat Nebraska and they would beat that team that brings Clemson and Alabama straight into the mix. And then do you take the, the one loss Ohio state that lost to an unranked Iowa? Well, Iowa might be ranked by then. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what you do there. I'll be honest. I have no idea. Well, if, I, if Iowa does pull that off, obviously winning versus Nebraska this coming week on Black Friday and then Big Ten Championship, it's it's back to the Rose Bowl again. Yeah, probably so Iowa goes to the, yeah, yeah, no questions asked. Iowa goes to the Rose Bowl. And <laughs> yeah, no, no playoff for Iowa, but uh, another Rose Bowl appearance. Uh, it is within reach. It's going to, you know, still got beat Nebraska. We, you know, yeah. we, Nebraska's a bad team. But, you know, those seniors and that Nebraska team would love nothing more than to win the final game of the year and spoil Iowa's chances at even getting to a Big Ten championship. Oh, absolutely. And then who would have thunk it uh, when Iowa was sitting there three and four and everybody was losing their mind that essentially Iowa is two wins away from the Rose Bowl. It's just that it's that simple. Now, it's going to be very hard to do that, but they are two wins away from the guaranteed playing in the Rose Bowl. No matter what, they control their destiny to play in the Rose Bowl. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's, un it's unbelievable. It it only only in Iowa can can this happen. And uh speaking of the Iowa game real quick, I know we haven't gotten that yet, but they they needed a couple turnovers to win that game, which they got, but it's been a long time since I've seen a team that maybe isn't on Iowa's level, because Minnesota is not quite the team that Iowa is typically year in and year out. Right. They, they manhandled Iowa's defense, and that doesn't happen very often. Yeah, I was – I obviously did not watch any of it. Obviously, we were uh, having a few beers before the game and then going to the game, and it was just right before the Iowa State game. So I did not see a play of it. Um, but, yeah, 263 yards or whatever that Ibrahim uh, or however you say his name had, mm -hmm. um, yeah, that does not happen against Iowa, uh, Iowa's defense really ever. But when the chips were down – and when they needed to, Iowa forced a fumble. And then when they super needed it, um, I, Minnesota tried to make a get a pass in there, thinking that I would sell out on the run and a tip pass. And then uh, Jack Campbell, yeah, yep, the, their best defensive player, and many people are saying the best linebacker that has went through Iowa under Kirk Ferentz, or maybe Iowa ever, which is a high. That's a high bar. Iowa's had some very, very good linebackers. Yeah. And 
you know, and we'll see how his career goes in the NFL. But um, he made the play and, and, you know, just about ran it back for a touchdown. And I know they reviewed it and they ruled him out of bounds. But what I heard was on the replay, it looked like he did not go out of bounds. So it should have been a touchdown. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, they kicked the field goal to win it. So their defense and special teams won this game. And essentially that's uh, three or four wins this year directly on the defense slash special teams, not on the offense. But that's the difference. Iowa does that. Iowa State uh, does not. Missed two field goals. And then in doing so, we're down there twice. So they chose not to go for field goals because their kicker sucks. And, I mean, it's just – and that's why you lose the football game. And Iowa continues to get better. I think that is 14 straight November wins for the Hawkeyes. That's that's unbelievable. I mean, that's probably – that's Georgia. That's Alabama. That's, you know, that's, uh, I mean, I don't, I'd like to see another team that's 14 straight November wins. Uh, probably none, I would say. Yeah, that, that's not an easy thing to do. And the announcers talked about that too. They they said, you know, Iowa, Iowa understands who they are. Yep. And I think the point they're making is with all earlier in the season, including myself, where we were all down on Iowa, you know, the sky's falling, all those type of things. Well, now look, I mean, the season's come back around. It's still not maybe the season that they want exactly. There's there's a couple games in there you wish you could have had some plays back. But all things considered, it could still be a really, really good season. And that's what the announcer said. Iowa knows who they are. The coaches know who they are. Defense, special teams. And I'll, I'll tell you what, Petrus made, made some plays in that game. Yeah, uh, he, He's playing a little bit better. Yeah, he I, is. I'm not trying to brag him up too much, but he is playing better. He is doing exactly what they want him to do. And and here, and it's, I don't know how to say this exactly, but they are doing exactly what they want to do. What What is their goal every year? I mean, really, they should be. It's to win the West, right? Yeah. And in order to win the West, the way the schedule is set up right now, you have to win in November because that's when you play the West teams. Yep. And, it's, and you know the weather's not going to be great. They're all outside, and they are built to do that. Now, in September and early October, when the weather is nice and you can throw it all over as Purdue, or, you know, you you can, you know, open it up, even the Iowa, you know, against Iowa State or whatever, it doesn't – offense doesn't look like this, and it doesn't matter. But now, it, it wouldn't matter – if you had the number one offense in the country, I don't think Saturday at Minnesota or, you know, even if it was in Iowa City, I don't think any team scoring 50. It was too cold. You know, there's one thing, you know, there's there's a lot of times where teams score a lot of points in the snow, but people forget when it's snowing out, it's actually only like 30 degrees. It's not that cold. It was yeah. it was zero to minus feels like temperature. Um. So snow games are not that cold, really. Um, and that's the no, you, yeah, you'd probably rather play in the snow than a game like this, where, like you said, it's just brutally ice cold out. Right. Now, the only thing with you know the rain, the rain slash snow is you get wet, and you and this was not wet um, at all. So that that is the only bonus to this. Um, but you know, and then I, I know some of the joking was is I think it went from the Iowa game. On Fox was that game on Fox? Yes. This, then, then didn't it go right into the UCLA and USC game, or that was the next game on Fox? Yep, that's correct. And that game was like forty-five to forty or whatever it was, yeah. and just like it's not even the same sport as people were calling it. <laughs> yeah, no. I if you put Iowa in Southern California, they might not do as well. And if you put one of those California schools in Minnesota during the same time, they probably don't do as well, right? right. So. Now I will say this: I was surprised. I was impressed with Texas Tech. Now Texas Tech is not the warmest place in the world. Like they were, I know uh, some people were looking it up. You know, earlier in the week, like Wednesday and Thursday, it was only like a high of thirty-eight in Texas Tech. So it, it wasn't down there. It it, it it and it snows in Lubbock. Um, yep. It is not Southern Texas this warm, and it's not by the ocean. You know, the joke is. 
and and you know this, Lubbock is closer to Denver, Colorado than it is to Houston, Texas. Yeah, it's only seven hours from here. I've, I've been there a few times for concerts. Yeah, yeah uh, it, it's 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 out there west, and it's kind of it's up on a plateau. It's high, the altitude. It's it's not mountains, but it's not sea level. You know, um, so it it wasn't like they were playing, you know, Austin, you know, Texas. That that is in Austin. That's a lot different, right? Right. Uh, or Houston, you know. Um, but no, um, just you know. And then the last thing I want to talk about college football here is, you know, two coaches that left really good jobs to go to two really, really, really good jobs they thought were better jobs and, you know, maybe didn't leave under the best circumstances. Both Brian Kelly and Lincoln Riley are both playing for championships in their first year, ranked in the top 10 and both squarely in the playoff talk. Um, You can debate their integrity, I think, and how they go about doing things, but I do not think you can uh, argue that, that they win and they know how to coach football. No, um, you can't, and that's why those programs at LSU and USC wanted them, and that's why they left top-tier programs like Notre Dame and Oklahoma, which are still amazing programs. Right. Uh, Oklahoma some years is about as good as you can get, but there there is a different recruiting aspect that comes with USC and LSU, and we're, we're seeing that in the first year, like you said. Yeah, the the bigger surprise to me is the the Lincoln Riley to USC because Oklahoma was going to the SEC and they would have had all those resources and had all that um, recruiting uh, base. Hey, now you know get those kids out of Texas. Hey, now you can go play against LSU. You can go against Alabama. Um, you know, it, you know if you win eleven games, twelve games here, you're playing for a national championship. Um, you don't have, you didn't have to go undefeated anymore, like at Oklahoma. Um, but living in uh, Southern California and USC, when USC is good, um, there's not a lot more fun things to watch. I, when Pete Carroll was rolling with Reggie Bush and Matt Leiner, um, that was fun to watch. Yeah, that was, that was about the uh, pinnacle of college football, at least in my lifetime. And I would assume oh, yeah. probably for years as well. Oh yeah. That, that 2005, uh, Rose Bowl, Vince Young, and those guys, that's the best college football game I've ever watched, in my opinion. Yeah, I'd agree with you. It was it was perfect. It had everything you wanted. It had all the drama. Yep. It had all the NFL players, and it had all the celebrities on the sidelines. It was just, uh, like you said, that that's probably the best college football game of our lifetime. Yeah, and he's he's got them back there fast. Um, so, you know, I think Brian K- Kelly's pretty shady, but he can coach football. Yeah, you can. And um, yeah, I, I don't know how good USC is technically. Right. But I'll say this, that the Pac-12 actually looks pretty good this year. I think they yeah. got five legit teams. Yeah. They, so. And that's the difference. They're they're deeper. You know, six, I, teams, I, six legit teams, I should say. Yeah, because Washington's a lot better. Um, obviously, Oregon. I mean, Oregon's been there for the last 20 years. Oregon um, State's improved. They're not great, yep, but they're improved. Yep. And then USC and UCLA are top notch. And then Utah. Um, yeah. So it, it's really the the four teams. I would say the four teams that are there, and then Washington um, is the fifth. And, and people forget Washington is the last team uh, to actually go to the playoff out of the. Yep, that's right. The Pac-12 when Chris Peterson was still the coach there, and and that's still, you know, looking back, and I would love to hear his answer why he really left. If he really just got tired of it or something was going on or something because he was really, really good at Boise and Washington, and he is still a relatively young man. And that's somebody in these coaching searches that, you know, if he would get hired by somebody, it would not shock me, but it might kind of come out of the blue that people aren't thinking about. Yeah, he he definitely has coaching left in him. You're right. Uh, he's a big name. He's been successful, and there's going to be openings. And yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be shocked to see him maybe get back, throw his hat back in the ring. And I, I don't know what school would be, but I, I mean, you uh, would assume West Coast. Uh, but you know, 
but you don't know. I mean, you he'd know, come to Colorado and go seven to five every year and he'd be a hero. Yeah. And so that, you know, that's <laughs> probably the number one job that I would place him with if he wants that job. Um, I read today that uh, Colorado wants Dion, and that's probably a good play for them. Um, go I, for it. I don't, it, boy, I'd be surprised if they could get him. Maybe, maybe they could. Right. I could be no, wrong. No, I, I agree. I don't think he will go there. Sure. But if they could get him, that'd be that's exactly what they need. They need a a shot in the arm and something to make it interesting to to go and be a Colorado football player slash you know football fan. No, you're right. That that's exactly what they do need. Uh, if they could get Dion, that would be massive. Um, but I I think uh, yeah, as you and I both probably know, he's going to have some really good offers out there. Colorado, I don't I don't know who's going to resurrect the program here. Maybe Joel Klatt, but Joel Klatt's really damn good in the booth. So I'd hate oh. to see him. I'd say I'd hate to see him and uh, Gus get split up. Yeah, uh, Joel Klatt's my favorite guy. Now I I, I can do without Gus, but. Um, Joel Klatt is as good as they, they come. And, you know, and I, the, the biggest thing I still remember Joel Klatt is, you know, they were ranked about number 20 or whatever. They came into Jack Trice stadium and literally a tornado happened before the game. And, uh, um, yeah, and we had to go, we just sat, my dad and I just were in our car, but they sent people to Hilton and they evacuated the stadium and Iowa state won on a, Brent Curve, um interception to D lineman. And actually his son is actually really, really good for Waukee and getting recruited. Uh, Iowa state, I think he has an offer at Iowa state and Iowa, you know, he's a D one kid himself. So, and that, and that another thing that made me feel really old is, is uh, Kendall Jackson was at senior night um, for Iowa state. His dad was the fullback on the teams when I was there. I mean, so he's already got kids that are graduated. And then another daughter uh, just graduate is graduating from Roosevelt, going to Iowa State to play basketball. So it's an Iowa State family there. So that's a great thing. One of those guys that came from the South. I can't remember, you know, exactly where, but he's from the South. But married a local girl, and they live in Des Moines, and his kids go to Roosevelt, and you know, he made a life for himself here in Iowa, and that's great. Time flies. You never know who you're going to meet and what connections you're going to make. And we, we talked about before on here, you you made a ton during your college days and same here. And that's yeah. that's one uh, of the beauties, not just of college football, but just college in general. Right. Well, I and mean, another thing that made me feel well, I refereed a basketball game, uh, Eddieville versus uh, Davis County. Uh, and our buddy, I know you've heard us talk. I don't know if you know him, but Kevin Prevo taught with, you know, Zach and, and Brett and I um, at uh, Eddieville. Uh, he's at Davis County now, uh, being a farmer and stuff. His daughter was playing. And then last week I refereed a game where Zach's daughter was playing. And his older, Kevin's older daughter is a senior, you know, it's like, and then, you know, we were talking tonight, we're all just getting old. I mean, there's just no other way around it. So, yep. We're not, we're not getting any younger at this point. We're not, we're not old yet, but we're not, uh, we're not young either. Yep. We're kind of, we're, we're getting toward that middle stage. Absolutely. So, all right, well, let's uh, kind of, you know, take a break here real quick and we'll come back or anything else you want to talk about in college or, and then before we go to the switch over to the NFL here. Nope. That's it. Uh, we, we covered everything for college. Uh, we'll take our quick break like we need to and get in the NFL. All right. We'll be right back uh, with our NFL portion. Welcome back here to the second half of tonight's episode, NFL Talk Now, as uh, we're recording this, Monday Night Football, San Francisco up 30-10, to 10, just about into the third quarter here, and much like Trevor and I, we've discussed for weeks now, the 49ers are going to be there in the end for the NFC, and it's looking more and more like um, that uh, prediction is going to become reality here. They've got weapons everywhere on both sides of the ball. McCaffrey might only have uh, six rush attempts tonight, but he's got seven targets in the receiving game. Like they're, they're going to use him all over, just like they do Debo. They got George Kittle, Eliza Mitchell, uh, Brandon Ayuk. I mean, they, they've got people everywhere on this team. So yeah, you and I three four weeks ago we were really starting to talk about him. 
And now they're just taking off like you and I both predicted. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, yeah, it's just, uh, they're a lot better than the record says. Yeah. I mean, you know, they are an elite quarterback away. And I don't think Trey Lance was that guy either, but from being almost untouchable. Look for Tom Brady to go there next year. If they don't make the Super Bowl. His, con- his contract is up in Tampa after this year, I believe. Yeah, that would be, and it's his hometown team. And yeah, I mean, and he wouldn't have to do a lot. It'd be just, just, it'd be a lot like what he had with the Patriots, where it's just get the ball to your guys, um, where he has actually had to do a little bit more in Tampa Bay himself. And that's why he led the league in passing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's not his game. I mean, obviously he can do that, uh, but that's not his game overall. It is like when he was with the Patriots is let your defense do enough and then you just get it to all your guys. Yeah, hypothetically, if he went to San Francisco next season, I mean, they, they're going to have that great running game like they always do under a Shanahan team. Yep. And we just spoke about the weapons. I mean, it's going to be a – he'll be able to do dump-off passes, swing passes, they will be just about unstoppable if, if Tom Brady was to go there. Now, not saying that's for sure going to happen, but it is starting to come up on a lot of people's radars, especially if San Francisco doesn't make the Super Bowl. They already have their own quarterback issues going on. Do they just let Jimmy G go? Could they bring in Tom Brady? Does he retire? Um, I think his family, his parents still live in California. As you mentioned, that's his hometown team. So that, that's yeah. something to keep an eye on uh, yeah, once I mean- we get to the offseason. Yeah, I mean, he was a huge Joe Montana guy and San Francisco 49ers fan uh, growing up, you know, and he's – it's kind of weird to say, but he actually grew up when the 49ers were really, really good. Like everybody in the NFL today grew up, the 49ers are just kind of okay. But he truly was – he remembers the 80s and the early 90s when it was the Cowboys and it was the 49ers uh, for about 10 straight years there. Yeah, the, those were the two in the NFC. There, there was really nobody else. I mean, there were some teams, but those were really the, the true Giants got a couple in there, but other than that, it was, uh, you know, just it was the 49ers and it was the Cowboys. Yeah, so that's something to pay attention to. Uh, just looking back on last Thursday, obviously the Titans smacked the Packers around a little bit. Packers season is basically over. Yep. You and I talked before the season that maybe the Titans or the Patriots could be, a, or in my opinion, I thought, I shouldn't say for you, but. I thought maybe one of them could be a surprise top 10 pick in the draft. Uh, both these teams are looking pretty good. I don't think either one's going to be a top 10 pick. Mike Gribble continues to do a hell of a job with yep. uh, an okay quarterback, but a limited quarterback, as we know, in Tannehill. So Packers season looks to be done. Moving into the Bears game real quick. Obviously, Fields is putting up stats like crazy the last four or five weeks. But an injury now. And as you mentioned, I don't know if he's out for the season yet. I haven't seen, but uh, as we talked about before, maybe maybe it could be a good thing. He is improving. Um, so the, things are trending in the right direction, but now he's hurt. Right. And, you know, um, it's one of those, do you just shut it down? I think it's a, a non-throwing shoulder separation or dislocation or whatever it is. You just shut it down and, and you try to – I mean, they're not winning with him. And just try to get that top five pick, which they're about – they're in line to right now with only three wins on the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, get best player available. And and then you just move on. And, and like you said earlier, um, see what you got next year, and then you got to make a decision with him. Yeah, if they have a top five to ten pick, they can take a really good player or trade down and get – more picks as we've seen throughout the NFL draft. And they have the most, I believe they're going to have the most cap space. So the bears are going to have a lot of options this off season, which is a good thing. Um, that that's the bright side of it, right? I mean, you're going to finish with a bad record, uh, but you know, looking at the bright side of things, there are, there are avenues for them to get a lot better, but the draft and free agency are both crapshoots. You have to hit on those players. And then of course, Justin Fields has to get better. So, um, there, there's still a long ways for the Bears to go, but there is a there is a little bit of light for them on offense, which we've talked about. We, we haven't seen it in quite some time. Still a long ways to go, though. 
yeah, they're not there yet. And, you know, yeah, I, and I don't know the right answer if you want him just to be done for the year or kind of fight through it if he can. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I mean, you'd like to maybe get him a few more games of, of playing time, especially with these receivers that they have. They trade for Claypool. Uh, but is it worth it? Is he running too much? Yeah, probably. I mean, he probably is running too much. Uh, do you want to risk further injury, you know, an ACL, an Achilles or or broken leg or something? Um, there, there's a fine line to walk there. And you're right, they're not winning with them right now. They're they're competitive. They're in every game lately. Uh, they're just not finishing it out. So that that's a tough call. I don't know what the answer is, but going into the offseason, there should be a lot of uh a lot of reason for hope for the Bears going into next season. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And it's just you got to hit on draft picks and you got to hit in the free agent market. Yeah, free agency is just as tough as a draft, which a lot of people don't we do and we don't talk about it that much either. A lot of free agent players are are bust, quote unquote, too. Uh they yeah. may have been good for one team, but then uh usually a team lets you go for a reason, whether it's you've lost a step, you're a locker room headache or or whatever, or you just lost your edge, right? Bel Belichick's famous for that. He lets he lets players go a year too early rather than a year too late. Yeah, and and I agree with that, and that's why he's that's why they've been as good. That's why they were as good for as long as they were. Everybody can be good for a few years. You spend all the money, you get the best players, but that contract lasts one year too long or whatever, and then now you're stuck with not a good player but still a huge contract and. And that's what people don't understand, like with the all the free agent money, the Bears are going to spend that money. It just hopefully those players play on that money. The money's getting spent because essentially they have to spend it. They have to spend it over a two or three year period, whatever it is. Right. And so they are spending it and they're going to sign somebody to those contracts. And and that's sometimes what people don't quite understand is they have to spend the money. Like you said, it, it doesn't all have to be in one year, but there is a certain amount of time where yeah, you have to spend it. So you you do, and that's what makes the NFL. Uh, we talked about last week the the parody and why there's always new teams in the mix, and and yeah, uh, Belichick was famous for it. You you can make a a list longer than we could even spend time on of guys that had three or four year runs, and then they just fell off the map. That's the history of the NFL. Guys get injured, they lose their edge. Whatever happens, um, right. whatever the scenario might be, but yeah, so you. You know, we always talk about hitting on draft picks, but hitting on free agents signings too is pretty tough. You look at the Giants of Kenny Galladay. I mean, the guys, I don't know off the top of my head, but he, he hasn't had very many catches in his years there since right. he got signed the Giants. I mean, that, that's been a total failure. That one has. Um, and that's, that's just one of many examples. So uh, there's hope for the Bears, but still a lot of work to be done. Yep, absolutely. All right, anything else? Uh, what are the other headlines here? Um, the Vikings uh, got absolutely destroyed by the Cowboys. Um, again, I did not watch that. I was sitting in a gym in Huxley watching basketball uh, yesterday. Um, <coughs> I go from soccer fields to now basketball courts. So, um, uh, Yeah, the, the Vikings look like a team that came off an emotional victory the week before, and they just came out flat. The Cowboys destroyed them. Uh, I hate to see it, say it, but the Cowboys are going to be in the mix as one of those yep. teams in the FC that do have a chance to go to the Super Bowl. And I would hate if that happens, but they are, as far as the NFC is concerned, they're right there. So um, Cowboys are playing well. Eagles won again, which is important. Yep. Uh, yeah. They I mean, you're, you're not going to go undefeated, but you have to come back and win the next week to just, you know, one loss is one loss. That's fine. Uh, but you do have to come back and win that next week. And they did. So they did exactly they did. what they needed to do. Just like the Vikings, this loss overall doesn't matter as long as they win next week. Yeah, and Eagles had a tough game. They're on the road. We, we've talked about before the margins in the NFL are really small. This isn't college. You know, you are you're, might be playing a team with a bad record, but they're still a pretty damn good team. Right. So they, they pull off the victory. Uh, the Patriots – get one over the Jets. Uh, Zach Wilson's got some drama going on. He didn't really own up to his end of the bargain. Um, you know, a lot of people are saying he's kind of immature, which I would agree with. Yeah. Uh, you see all the all-time great quarterbacks when they have a bad game like he did and what he clearly did, he didn't really own up to it. So 
you know, that, that's a learning lesson. It's not the end of the world, but hopefully someone or he realizes it that yeah, yeah, if you only complete nine passes, uh was <laughs> big it? part of the loss is probably on you. Yeah, complete nine passes and that I think they had ten punts. So that's not good. I heard something in the second half. They averaged two point seven inches. It, yeah, inches. I I did I saw a headline. I didn't again, I didn't watch it. But yeah, yeah I did read that two point two seven inches a play. Um, that's yeah, not that's, good. No, that, that's not good. And he just needs to get up there and own it. I mean, like right. I said, I don't know if he's ever going to be great, but all the all-time great quarterbacks, you pick a name. When they play bad, they get up there, they own it. Fall on the sword type of deal, just even if it's not their fault, oh, they yeah. just go up there. And that and that puts the end of the discussion, and then there's no drama after that. Well, just go back to Josh Allen when they lost to the Jets. I think, I think his quote was, um, no way this team wins when the quarterback plays like shit. You know, yeah. I, exactly I remember, right. I remember my mom watching that clip or whatever, and she was like, "He really just said that." I'm like, "Well, he's the quarterback, mom." You know, it's like so he can say it. You know, obviously no one else should say that. Um, but uh, yeah, so he owned up to it. He didn't play very good, and so they lost. You know, so. yeah, you're exactly right, and he owned it. And when you own it like that, it kind of puts it to bed. It is yeah. a story, right? There's not a lot of drama after that. Zach no. Wilson kind of beating around the bush saying, well, no, I don't really this and that. Well, now there's a story all week. So you've, you've got to learn as a leader of the team, whether you whether you like it or not, sometimes, you know, the quote, fall on the sword. Yeah. And it just crushes the story and then the media will move on to something else. Right. And you can get back to focusing on on the game plan. But now the Jets have all sorts of drama going on. I saw Sala isn't necessarily committed to Zach Wilson next week, even though he said he was. And that's what happens. Now now you've got uh now you've got conflict right in the locker room and all that sort of stuff. And then and then the final thing, uh the Chiefs and Chargers last night, uh, <laughs> the Chargers scored too much time. And that's oh, a tough oh, you knew that what was it, one forty six left? And you know that's too much time, but how do you that that's a here's what's gonna happen. The Chiefs are gonna and they already have, of course, but there is going to come a point, I think, whether it's this year or in the future, where a team is going to be within striking distance and they are going to intentionally waste time. And then they're either going to score or they're not going to score. And then they're really going to get the heat put on them because some team's going to do that after. I mean, there's there's too many examples now of the Chiefs coming back with under two minutes or even under one minute and scoring. I mean, and that was just I mean, it was unbelievable. That precision six plays, 75 yards. <laughs> and I mean, it's just unbelievable. It, that's that's the Chiefs. That's Mahomes. I mean, oh yeah. And and I get it. Uh, the play that the Chargers ran. I mean, he was open. Herbert threw it. I, I don't blame him. I mean, you right. You have you have to score. I mean, you cannot not score. I, Sean I don't Payton, care. Yeah, Sean Payton talked about that today. He's like, I have a real hard time not uh, saying don't score. Right. But I I could kind of see in his mind like. But when you're playing these Chiefs, it it almost has to alter the way you think and coach. And like I said, there, there's going to be at some point there's going to be a team that intentionally maybe doesn't score, and it might come back to bite them in the butt. Or they yeah, might there, there's going to be a team that will go down at the five yard line trying to score. You know, waste another minute. Yep. And then then don't make it on four downs, and they lose the game by two. You know, because they needed a touchdown but didn't want to score with two minutes left. Yeah, no, it's, it's going to happen. There will be a team that uh, they're faced with that scenario and they'll either pull it out or they'll lose and then they'll get killed by the media. But that's that's what these Chiefs are forcing you to do. I mean, uh, everybody watching that, I mean, everybody knew too much time left. Yeah. Yep, and that's, absolutely. That's the, that's the greatness of Mahomes and Andy Reid. So it, right now, I don't, I don't know who can stop the Chiefs, uh, especially when it comes to the playoff time. Uh you know, anything can happen in the playoffs, but man, the Chiefs are yeah. looking like if they're the, going to be right if back. The, in Chiefs, if the Chiefs are healthy, they're going to be there. They, I, I would almost pencil them in. Um, I sh- should look at DraftKings or one of the other ones is if you can make a bet that the Chiefs are in the AFC Championship game. I mean, it, I would bet that right today. Yeah, you're probably laying money on there. That's yeah, the, the, the odds aren't good. There goes Kittle. Touchdowns. Another the 49ers. Yep. Kittle. Yeah, they're they're taking off. Like I said, or we've talked about it. If they stay healthy, man, those 49ers, 
it could be a rematch, 49ers, Chiefs. I mean, we're, yeah. we're starting to get to that point in the season now. We, uh, the, you know, the Giants lost to the, the Lions. Again, now got three straight wins. I think, I think the Giants have kind of hit their ceiling. Uh, it's still a hell of a job by Brian Dable and those gang. Doesn't mean they won't make the playoffs or anything, but it's really tough to imagine a team like that going on to run as limited as they are on offense. But I, I think we know who the true top contenders are in each conference at this point. It it is just watching, you know, last night with, you know, Andy Reid, you know, games on the line, Travis Kelsey running open designing those plays when they know they have to not let the ball go to him, but they still go to him. Now this isn't two minutes left. You have to go to him, but just watching these plays, how they design, how these coaches design these plays and set them up and get their star players. I mean, Kittle is wide open. You know, I mean, it's just amazing what these guys do on offense. Yeah. And Kittle or Kelsey should never be wide open, but as you said, there's, there's a handful of plays each game that they are. Right. They set it up. And it, get... it, it's 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 the diagram of the actual play, which is genius. But it's not just that. It's how they set them up and in the order that they run these plays that they probably ran this other this look five times, but four times it went to the right. Now all of a sudden it kicks out to the left and they're wide open. You know what I mean? It's just Yep. You uh, get the linebackers or the safeties to bite or to to fall for it, and then all of a sudden they're wide open. It's yeah. you're right. It, that's the genius of Andy Reid, Shanahan, and having those great tight ends. Uh, those are it. It might be Chiefs 49ers. Yeah, it, it would that not shock me. No, it wouldn't shock me either. Uh, it, it'd probably be a hell of a game and and a good rematch. Absolutely. All right. Uh, you know, we talked. We hit it up earlier. Green Bay season's essentially over. Um, I read the thing today. Jameis Winston isn't happy that he's not playing. Um, shouldn't he doesn't shouldn't lose his job because he's hurt? Whatever. Well, that's kind of the way. Tom Brady's the quarterback. He is because Drew Bledsoe got hurt. So, wait. Yeah, that, that sports. If I mean, it's unfortunate, but you will lose your job to injury. Yeah, if the Coaches other guy steps not, up. Now yeah, a lot of times. Admit that. Yeah. Now there's a lot of guys that don't step up and take the job. So then they do come back and it's okay. But if that guy steps up and takes the job, just like Taylor Heineke, he steps up and, and does his job. I mean, I don't, you can't go with Carson Lentz again, can you? No, not at the moment. Um, and then I was thinking about that today too. Wentz is, and we've talked about it plenty on here. Wentz is such a, a weird quarterback because if you were to like draw up the, the ideal looking quarterback in a lab. Obviously you probably go with Josh Allen, but beyond that. Yeah. Wentz uh, is the guy. I mean, he looks big, strong size. Yep. He looks the part, right? And, and actually his stats probably actually aren't even horrible. No, they're not horrible stats. I know uh, Pat McAfee was talking. He said, you know, if you really watched every game and every snap, like we did last year, he said, the stats are a little misleading. Basically he just said he's a wild man back there. He's a, <laughs> he's a, kind of a broken down poor man's Brett Favre in a way. Oh, yeah. You know, 27 touchdowns, seven picks sounds good on paper, but right. that's not exactly how he played throughout the season. So stats can be misleading. I don't know what to make of Carson wins, but when you get passed around like this, you're obviously, you're probably the problem. Yeah. And I, yeah, I don't oh, know absolutely. Is, but, um, but yeah, they, they have to stick with Heidegger. They're winning games with them. I mean, they're, they're in playoff contention, which is, Crazy to think about, but yeah, Taylor Heineke, uh, he might get them back in the playoffs again. Yeah, because did he win a playoff game or he just got him to the playoffs? He got him to the playoffs, I believe. Uh, the years. year that the year that Brady won the Super Bowl with Tampa, yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, yeah. He got, he, I believe he got them to the playoffs, and then the following year they didn't make it, and then now yeah. this year yeah. they're they're on the uh, the cut line, so to speak, yeah. So, no, I mean, as far as that goes, uh, we know we know the top teams. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is, as of right now, has to be the clear-cut MVP favorite. I think without question, there, there's some guys that can maybe work back into the mix. But um, no, it's been a, been a pretty good NFL season. It's starting to get more interesting now. We'll see what happens with the Cowboys. They're always interesting. 
I hope they don't go on to run in the playoffs just <laughs> just because I want to see their fans uh, suffer. But you know, right. that's my own personal little little agenda there. Yeah, much like uh, I want PJ Fleck to lose every game, and it, it he has to just be going absolutely nuts that he cannot beat Iowa. Well, and he was so someone posted he was wearing sunglasses early, and he just he looked like he kind of looked dumb out there, in my opinion. And he's just always running around there. I sent a text to our other chat and seemed like a lot of the Minnesota players were doing a lot of chirping. You know, I was getting first downs and big plays. And then their players were coming in, talking smack. You know, you, you don't really see that from Iowa players. Right. Even other good schools. Like if Iowa gives up a big play, you don't see – rarely do you see one of their players talking trash. Right. Like they have their head down knowing like, oh, I, yeah, we screwed up. Uh, we didn't do our job. But – yeah, it's always good to see PJ Flat go down. That that's always nice. And you and I have talked about that before. Um, very happy to see him lose another one versus Iowa. Yeah, and I hope Wisconsin beats him this week. So I I do too. That that'll make me very happy if if they lose another one, and and they might. All right. Anything else on the NFL? No, no. I think that's it. We we've covered most everything. College, NFL. Um, Thanksgiving week here. Hope everyone has a good time getting home, seeing family and friends. And obviously Thursday will be a big day for the NFL games. Then Friday, Saturday, we go to the college and we'll, we'll probably have a lot to talk about next week. Absolutely. All right, Trev. Well, thanks a lot and get better. And if you get back, we'll uh, try to get up, meet up if you get yep. back. So, yep. Sounds good. All right. We'll talk to you later. Good night. Good night. If you want the new Morgan You Asked For koozie delivered to your mailbox, please give us a five-star rating and review on your podcast player. Screenshot the picture of it and email it to me. The email address is Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening.